Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Grab your Bible and um, make your way to Matthew chapter 6 or grab your smartphone um, and you can head to Matthew chapter 6. Today's an exciting day. Not just because we are dedicating our next gen building, but also because we're kicking off a new message series that's going to last four weeks that I think is going to be a game changer for all of us. This new series, as you're seeing on the screens, is called All the Things. All the Things. Hey, turn to three people, say, All the Things. All the Things. You know, we all have things that we're hoping for in this next year, don't we? I don't know about you, for some of us, like it's, it's better health and um, that's one of the things on my journey that I'm wanting, wanting to do. I mean, this morning I was trying to do that, um, ate a carrot, choked on a carrot. Um, the thought crossed my mind, you know, a donut would be a lot safer. Uh, <laughs> I was asked a couple weeks ago, Ryan, what's your favorite exercise? What's your favorite exercise to do? And I paused for a second. I was like, chewing. Chewing is my my favorite exercise. We've all got got things that we're hoping for in this next year. Some of you might be a nicer house. Some of you might be a car that actually runs and is reliable. Some of you, it's more financially related. It's that promotion that you've you've been hoping and believing for. For some of you, like you're wanting this to be your year. You find your significant other. You get married. We all have things. We all have them. And the beauty of a new year is that it comes with a motivation to hit the reset button in hopes of us this year finally getting those things that we hope for. But what if I told you this? You and I, we can hit the reset button all we want. But if we don't get this one thing right, then you and I are going to continue experiencing disappointment and missed opportunities year after year. What's that one thing? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Today, I've entitled the message, The Secret Sauce of Life the secret sauce of life. Hey, let's prepare our heart. Let's say this prayer together. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, how many know that the right thing done the wrong way will produce wrong results? The right thing done the wrong way will produce the wrong results. I remember back when Andrew and I first got married, and uh, not first got married, like we've been married multiple times. Um, When we got married, um, and uh, uh, we we were in school, so we finished our year out of college, and then we moved to Florida, and and, uh, we ended up being able to move into our first um, home and 
And for, for her, she was so excited in that first home to be able to decorate it like it's our first Christmas in our own home. And, and so she's spending the day kind of putting the Christmas decorations up and she gets the tree out. And I don't know about your house, like we do the fake tree. Um, I talked her into a real tree like five years ago and then the tree had spiders all in it. And it was like, had webs all in the living room. And so, um, so now it's always gonna be a fake tree. Um, but she was putting the tree together and, and I don't remember where I was, but I just wasn't there. And, uh, and I get a phone call and she's, she's distraught. And, um, and she's so frustrated because she can't get the tree to look right. And she had been spending hours decorating and trying to get it. She said, I've been like all the branches, I've been like trying to manipulate the branches and fold them so it'd look right. It just don't look right. And, and so I came home and I remember walking into the living room and, um, and that was the first room that you walked into from the front door and, and there's the tree. And I take a look at the tree and it, it she was right. It did look a little weird. It kind of like was, was, was kind of wide at the top. And then it started kind of coming tighter, more narrow towards the middle. And then it, it started to move its way out on the bottom. And she, you know, she'd said she had been like pulling stuff, trying to get it to work. And I, and I just remember looking at it and just pausing for a second, you know, the gears in my mind going, and then it dawned on me. Like, I think I know what's wrong with this tree. And so I, I stepped forward to the tree and I reached my hand in the middle of this fake tree and I lifted up the top half out of the bottom half of the tree and I turned it upside down and put it back in and I backed away and I was like, fixed. And, and she was so embarrassed, like... Um, but when, when you think of that story, I just can't help but to think about like the right thing, wanting to decorate the house for the first time, like our own home, the right thing, but done the wrong way, right? The trees put in upside down produces the wrong results. And I was thinking this past week, like how many of us in our life, we we're doing the right thing. Like, like we've got this passion and desire to follow God and to to go where God wants us to go, but we keep doing it the wrong way, which ends up producing the wrong results. I mean, think about it. Think about how we get frustrated, we get impatient with life, we get frustrated and impatient with God because no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much effort we put into it, that the things that we desire in life, they always seem to be just out of our reach. Well, guess what? Jesus knew that you and I would struggle with this tension, this tension between good intentions of wanting to do the right thing and to follow him and the poor results of doing it the wrong way. And so what does Jesus decide to do. He decides to address it. He addresses it in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, which by the way, if you think that I preach for a long time, this sermon was two days, folks. Like, 
way longer than I preach. <laughs> but in this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, which runs Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus shows you and I how to do the right thing, the right way to produce the right results. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, say this out loud with me, it's on the screens, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. I don't know about what you think from that, but man, I get this backwards a lot in life. Don't you? Backwards in that we, we seek after all the things in our life and then we get, we get frustrated with God when we end up on the merry-go-round of life. What's the merry-go-round of life? It's like all the ups and downs, you know, like the horse does on the merry-go-round. It's like up and down up and down, up and down, and then we end up right back where we started. And it feels like we keep going in circles in our life. And why does it feel that way? It feels that way because Jesus says, we're doing it wrong. We've got the the right desire, we're doing the right thing, but we're doing it the wrong way, which is producing the wrong results. And he unpacks this wrong way two verses prior to that in verse 31 and 32. He says this, therefore, don't be anxious saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or, or what shall we wear for the Gentiles. Speaking of, of, of unbelievers, he's speaking here when he says Gentiles of, of the people that that aren't following God. He says, they seek after all these things. Like, like their life is so laser focused on seeking after the car and the house and the promotion and the spouse and, and all of these things. He says, he says this, and your heavenly father, he knows that you need them all. And what's Jesus trying to show us here? I think he's trying to show us that we're doing life wrong. That the transformed life isn't about this long list of things that we seek after and, and then God ends up being one of those things, right? But instead he's saying, as a follower of Christ, and there's that separation, he's talking about the Gentiles, those are people that don't follow God. But he's saying as a follower of Christ, as somebody that's gonna that's gonna receive salvation, somebody that's gonna identify as a follower of Christ, he says, he says, if you're going to get this thing right and to get the right results in your life, then you've got to, in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then, then all these things that we hope for and we desire in our life will be added unto you. I find it interesting when he says seek first that he doesn't say seek only, right? It's like, 
It's like God understands that, that, that we need things in our life. And I think he understands that even the desire to have things in our life isn't necessarily bad as long as we put him first in the line of all these things. And if you think about your life and you think about if you look in the rear view mirror and if you're anything like me, you got a ton of regrets, a ton of mistakes. Thank God for his forgiveness and his mercy. But the reality is the reason why we have so much of that in our rear view mirror is because we've decided to seek things first, right? And to put God as, as just kind of one of the things that we seek in our life. And, and, and I like to kind of say it like this, that God wants to be our first thought, not our afterthought. That if we want God's best in 2023, if we want 2023 to look any different than 2022, then God has to become a first thought when we wake up in the morning, it's not about all the things that we're looking for to the, for the day or the week or whatever. It is seek God first. And then I love how Jesus does this. You know, sometimes in the Bible, Jesus like will make a comment and then he's like walks away and you're like, you're left trying to figure it out. Like, like he actually wants you to kind of go down the mental path of trying to figure it out. And then sometimes like today, like he's like point blank, like you're going to seek first. And this is, this is what seeking first looks like. These are the two things that you've got to seek first in your life. If you're going to do it the right way. And Jesus says, first, you've got to seek the kingdom of God. Now, he's saying when he talks about the kingdom of God, he's talking about God's will. Now, not don't rush to selfishness like God's will for our life. Think of, think of more of a global God's will, right, for planet Earth, for humanity. And it's kind of like his heart. Like, what is God's heart for his creation? It's to seek and to save who? The lost. And Jesus is like, listen, if you're going to get it right in life, because that's one thing to try to do the right thing, but do it the wrong way and get the wrong results. But if you're going to do the right thing and to do it the right way, then you've got to seek first my will. You got to be a part of my mission, not you have your own mission and you're trying to invite me into my personal mission so that I have no sickness so that I have no heartache, so that I never have any financial need, right? Isn't that what we do? Like, I, I'm right here with you, but isn't that what we do? Like, we go do our thing, right? We seek our things, and then whenever it gets a little rocky, then we're praying and asking God to intervene, to take away the discomfort that we're experiencing in the moment, right? Asking him to bless it so that we can continue moving on, seeking our things, <laughs> Jesus is like, no, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna get the right results, you gotta do it the right way, which means that it's God, what is, what is your will? And how should my life align with your will for humanity? And I think about our own personal journeys and when's the last time that we, we considered this like, like God, what do you want from me? How do you want to use me to seek and to save the lost? Forget about the Mercedes, forget about the BMW, 
Forget about the 4,000 square foot home with a pool in the backyard. Like, forget about all of that stuff, the things. And it's not necessarily bad, right? But seek first, God, how do you want to use me to reach lost people? And then Jesus goes, listen, so it's, it's about seeking first his way, but not just his way, but also the way that he wants to do it. So his will and God's way. That his righteousness, like, like, yes, God has a will to seek and to save the lost, but what does that look like? His way of doing that. If you're anything like me, like you don't really have a problem with God's will, his desire to seek and to save the lost. Where the problem lies is how he decides to do it, right? Because how does he do it? Through us, right? Like we're cool with God, like you save the whole planet, like you're good. But then when we realize that he wants to do that through us, right? Then we're like, oh, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Like God, you're, you're, you're wanting me to, to give how much in the offering? To seek and to save the lost? Oh, I got a problem with that, though. The preachers in the church is always after my money. So I'm going to, like, like, God, you're just in the line, right? Like, you're, you're in the line, and my money's up here towards the front because, and I can feel it right now, like, everybody's, like, checking their wallet. Like, like just chill. But think about his will, his way. And how is God challenging us to participate in that? Like, God, you're wanting me to volunteer how much at the church to seek and to save the lost? Like, God, you, no, God, you don't want me to wake up an hour early. Like, I'm tired. Like, I got to roll up in the church an hour early. I love coming in with the other 75% of the church after the first song. Like, I love it. Have you guys noticed that? Like our church triples after the first song. <laughs> like God, no, no. Like I'm all about seek and save the lost God, but you want something out of me to do that? God, you want me to give up my preferences, my styles of worship and the way that the lights are and all that kind of stuff. You. You want me to give that up to seek and to save the lost? God, do you want me to develop a relationship, like actually talk to my neighbors? Develop, no, no, I'm all about seek and save the lost. God, you save everybody. Like, go ahead, save, I'm in the front row championing, seek and save, seek and save, seek and save, seek and save. Oh, but I gotta talk to somebody? I gotta pull out an invite card, right? I gotta tip the waiter like really good so I can leave a church invite card. Like, oh man, I... And Jesus is like, yeah. Yeah. Like you can either do the right thing, which is God, please seek, save our world or 
God, come back. Like, let's spend eternity. Like, the rapture, let's go. Get me out of this. Like, we, you can be like all of that, but you can do it the wrong way in that we're going we're gonna to put God in the list of all the other things that we're chasing in life and keep getting the wrong results year after year beginning to form these assumptions that uh, God doesn't exist, like he's not real, I can't trust him, like he's not a man of his word, where the whole time we're doing it the wrong way because we're all about our mission, asking God to bless what we're doing so our life gets simpler. And Jesus is like, you can either have life that way or you can seek me first Seek my will. So God, how do you want me to align my life, my will, my things with your heart, which is to seek and to save the lost? But not only that, but how do I align my life with the way that you want to do it? How do I say, how do I, how do I live my life in such a way so that when you say give to the legacy offering, because we wanna feed children all across the world that can't feed themselves. When you say give, when Ryan gets up there and says 100% participation, like just give 25 bucks, like five bucks, five cents, I don't care, just do something so that we can feed and, and reach lost people. Like how do, I, how do I align myself to that rather than me saying, no, I'm saving up for that, the bins, I'm saving up for this, like all the things, right? This reminds me back when I was early in ministry and he's passed away. I'm trying to be careful with time. He's passed away. Um, love this guy. His name is Jim Durden. And uh, uh, my father-in-law, when he would preach and it would be like a heavy message like today, he would come the next week with Band-Aids on his toes. And he wore cowboy boots every day of, the, of the, like 360. I bet he went to sleep in cowboy boots. Like this guy wore them all the time. And... Uh, he would put Band-Aids on, on the tip of his toes. And I remember the first Sunday that he did that, my father-in-law asked him why he's doing that. He said, Pastor, last week you were stepping all over my toes, the whole service, and they're just sore. And this is probably one of the, if Jim was here, he'd probably be wearing Band-Aids next week. But I think it's a challenge for all of us. Are we gonna get stuck on the merry-go-round of life with the right motives the desire to seek God, the desire to be a follower of Christ, but to do it our way, the wrong way, and then live life frustrated because we never get the results that we want? Or what if we decided in 2023 that I'm going to do it different than I've been doing it? Like I've given plenty of years to trying to do it my way with the wrong results that maybe, maybe at some point I should try to trust God and trust his word and place my will and my way in his hands and to move that into the front of the line of all the things that we chase in life and watch him produce the right results. Do you know why he produces the right results when we are obedient and doing his will his way? The easiest way that I can explain it is he steps into that moment and he says, I got you. I got you. 
Have you ever had somebody do that? You're going through a difficult time or maybe it's sports or like for me, I was an athlete, so I'd make a mistake, you know, mess something up and somebody come up to me is like, we got you. We got you, don't worry about it, we got you. And God wants to step into your 2023 and he wants to say, I got you. Like I got the things that you're, you're desiring, I got the, the health, I've got you. But before I can got you, right, you've got to seek after my will and you've got to do it my way. I want to close with this story and a worship team is going to transition and Andrea is going to join me up here on the platform because I want to share with you the story, the seek first story behind the next gen dedication. You see, when Andrea and I got here in September of 2020, come on, you don't have to... <laughs> When we got here in September of 2020, we inherited an amazing church, but a campus that had a lot of, a lot of problems, a lot of things that needed to be repaired. And I'm kind of giving you the backstory leading up to this next gen story. So bad that like we're in September in November, was a five Sunday month, half of our congregation was still worshiping online and four out of the five Sundays, the live stream wasn't working. I mean, we had lights going out, we had issues with sound system, we had a, a whole lot going on. And I remember meeting with the deacons and, and we, we came up with a plan to be aggressive, to move towards God's heart, which is to reach lost people. And so we, we kind of came up with with a plan that we presented to the membership in that, that February of 2021 um, to, to do an upgrade, kind of an overhaul of all the technology and stuff that, that we had in here. And this was not an easy decision because, because of the great leadership and the generosity of our congregation in the years prior, we were inheriting a debt-free building and here I am having to present, after being your pastor for four months, having to present an $800,000 project that we would have to take a loan out for in order to do. And I remember, I remember just the stress leading up to that moment. And I remember us taking the vote and just tears in my eyes as, as, as the 82 members that were present, just, just as the, the responses started coming in, and, and 80 out of 82 people voted in favor of, yes, we're debt free, but yes, we want to be a people after God's will, that we want to seek and to save the lost. And so that if that means that we've got to do something a little uncomfortable, we're going to do it. And so pastor, we are all in. And I still got that little piece of paper on my desk that says 80 out of 82 people as a reminder of how amazing God is and how generous our congregation is to want to follow God even in times of uncomfortableness. And I remember seven weeks later, after that vote on Easter Sunday, I got a handwritten letter in the offering of all places, right? An anonymous handwritten letter in the offering that began to, to, to it was a page and a half long, 
that basically it said it, but in summary said, if you move forward with this project, we're leaving the church and we're taking a lot of people with us. And I remember going to the deacons in that moment and I brought the letter in and they looked and they didn't even want to read it. They're like, pastor, you just need to throw that in the trash. God has spoken and we're moving forward. And boy, has God moved forward. So we move forward with that project. Our church has tripled. We've reached, we've seen 159 people over the last two years accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So that's the backstory to the next gen dedication. So we began into that project and then we take our team and some volunteers to a conference in Alabama and that's the part that I want you to share. So we went to um, Birmingham, Alabama to Highlands Church. It's called Grow Conference. And which is um, Chris Hodges is the pastor of the church. And Pastor Terrell had taken us there before. And it's just such a wonderful experience and moment to bring your, your team. And, but the greatest part about the entire uh, couple days is they have an early morning prayer service. And so we took the team to the early morning prayer service. It's one hour. And as we were there, they asked us to do something, which I don't remember them doing that before. We had been there a couple times before. Um, But they asked us to write down a prayer request for our church and to write it down and to bring it to the altar and to leave it there and that they would be praying over those. And so I wrote down a um, request and just the pressure of what had been, what had transpired um, over a a few months, I asked the Lord uh, to pay off the debt of the $800,000. I was like, Lord, I'm going to believe you to do this. So I'm saying this for the first time. I don't even know if I told you what I wrote on it because I believe God's going to do that. I believe that our church, again, will be debt-free. But as I left it there and I was walking back, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And you've got to know that when he speaks to me, like, he gets upset sometimes because when the Lord speaks to me, I don't share a lot. He's like, can you share with me at least that the Lord is speaking to you? I'm like, maybe. Um, (laughs) But the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, tell Ryan to get ready to start to dream again. He said, I am bringing people to fund and finance the dreams of the church. And he said this to me, and I remember this. He said, they won't even attend your church. And I told Ryan, I said, Ryan, I said, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me, and I believe it's true that God is bringing by people that will attend our church, but people that don't even attend our church to fund the dreams and the vision that God has for this church. I said, so you have to be ready. When they come, you better be ready to tell them this is what it's going for. This is the next place. This is the next thing. And so that happened in the end of July. Yeah. So... I'm going to interrupt because I want to make sure that she doesn't pass this part. (laughs) So 
In all transparency, I'd love to be able to say that as a man, as a pastor, that I get it right all the time, that I received that and thought, championing faith, God's going to do it, I built my list, all that kind of stuff, but that would be a lie. Because the truth is, is that I heard what she said, but I struggled to see it with my own eyes because what I saw was $800,000 of debt. There is no way that I could stand in front of our congregation and to ask for more money. I'm not at, we're not about to ask for money. Chill out. Everybody chill out. <laughs> this, is not a, <laughs> this is not a setup. Although we are doing offering, but we're not doing a setup. Um, but there was no way that I could stand in front of the church and ask for more money, right, to pursue God's dream on the other side of the building to reach kids and teens before we have to rescue them. There's no way. And I remember as part of the months went by and I did nothing with that, folks. Like your pastor is so spiritually mature, he did nothing with that. And I remember getting a couple reaching out to us out of the blue and we were in Destin or area. for volleyball or we something like that. We were driving to um, Jeremiah's basketball game. And, um, and so the reach out was, hey, somebody wants to give towards a project. Do you have any projects in mind? And I'm telling you what, the conviction of the Holy Spirit hit me because I had... I had I had dismissed that because I couldn't see it with my own eyes. And I spent, I don't know, a couple hours in Panama City. I pulled open my, my laptop and, and I'm building this kind of, kind of list of, of things. And, um, you know, we have no idea how much is wanting to be given or anything. We're just, you know, I'm kind of building that and kind of fast forward through, you know, some of that over about a, a month or so. And, and um, this person says that, you know, they want, and the they is somebody that doesn't attend our church. They want to, they want to give. And so I remember at, they were asking if we could meet before the Sunday service. And, and so I said, sure. And so we met before the Sunday service and, the, and they came in. And I mean, I remember this like it was yesterday because it was such a growth moment for me. I remember him reaching in his pocket and pulling out, and I had developed this like sheet. 65,000 was the goal for the kid's side. And, um, and I broke it down into two phases. The first one was 20, the second one was 45. And I remember him pulling out the check, and he said, this person is wanting to make a donation towards that project, and here's, here's $20,000 um, that they're wanting um, to give. And I was like excited and ecstatic and like 20,000, like I don't, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's loose cash for you, but 20,000 <laughs> does not come easy. And um, I was all excited and, and then, it, then it happened. And then he reaches into his other pocket. He pulls out another check. And he says, this is from their business. And it's a check for 45,000. Wow. 
And this is what he says. He looks at me and he says, she wants me to tell you, get started. Get started. And friend, we've been able to do a lot of amazing things on that side of the building. Debt-free, paying cash, because one person said, your will, your way, your results. Friend, what would it look like What would it look like in our homes? What would it look like in our church? In our city? If a group of people were so passionate about God and His will to seek and to save the lost in His way, not about us, not about how it inconveniences us, but His way. What might God do with that? I learned a huge lesson that day. I learned to not trust what I could see with human eyes. And I learned that in an instant, God can turn something around. Friend, I don't know. I don't know what you came in carrying. I don't know the heaviness in your heart. I don't know the things that you've been praying for for year and year and year and year. But I do know this. The right thing done the right way will produce the right results. Seek his will and do it his way and watch him add all the things. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.